is A-M-E-N, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U-S-A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. Weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General, General Cigar, cigar Dave. 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 May I have an amen An Alpha Male Entertainment Network greeting. Slight change here on the Cigar Dave Show. We will get to that in just a few moments. But we are coming up to my favorite time of the year. College football has begun. There will not be a Saturday between now and the end of 2018 where there will not be a football game on a Saturday. The National Football League starts in just a few weeks. September. National Bourbon Heritage Month. We celebrate American spirits and whiskeys. Then we go right into October. Cigar Oktoberfest. Pairing great beers and great cigars. And before you know it, we'll be doing our year-end sparkling wine and champagne tasting maneuver show. Hard to believe, but 2018 rolls and marches along. Long-ash greetings and salutations. A long-ash snappy salute. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha, make masculinity great again, MMGA. Screw the enemies of pleasure and screw the enemies of plastic. And we will get to that in just a few moments. But as always, I remind you, make sure you follow me on social media. That is, of course, unless I'm shadow banned for who knows. There could be Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. We've heard that they've gone after conservatives but maybe they're going to go after those of us that are 100% USDA with a raging masculine alpha males. It could happen. However, in the meantime, be sure to follow us. Go to CigarDave.com, upper right-hand corner. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and uh, YouTube. And I do prefer Twitter, but I've taken kind of a hiatus the last couple of weeks because I have been on a slight uh, hiatus and so wanted to just lay back, but we will kick into things here in the next week or so. Earlier this week, I'm sure you've heard this by now. I know you've heard it. I don't want to start the show on a political basis. And the, the reason that I'm going to start with Andrew Cuomo's comment is not for politics, because if it was said by a Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal, Green Party candidate, I don't care who said it. I would criticize it. By now, you've heard it. But I've got my take on it and my comment. So, Sergeant Steve, hit it, please. We're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. America was never that great. I wonder, was America never that great during World War I when we have to save Europe? Was it never great in World War II when we had to save Europe again? Was it not great during Operation Overlord, storming the beaches of Normandy. Were our American boys, who are some as young as 16, were they not great? Was this country not great for fighting the Nazis, for for fighting and liberating 
a continent for freedom? Were we not great when there is a natural disaster, earthquake, tsunami, hurricane, whatever the disaster? Are we not great when we're the first ones to send in aid and send in the uh, ship, the USS ship, the, uh, it's called the USS Comfort? Are we not great when we go and, and help with countries with, with rescue efforts? We are great. And for him to say that is outrageous. And even his crowd started to uh, kind of boo him on that. But I wanted to make that very clear. Sorry. Is America perfect? Absolutely not. Is any per- country perfect? Absolutely not. However, the great part of America is that when the time arises, when there is a time of need, whether it's for people in this country or around the world, we are the first to step up. And there's a reason. If we're not that great, Andy, Andy Como. If we're not that great, then tell me why is it that there are hundreds of thousands of people, illegal aliens that want to cross a border and come to this country? Tell me, Andy Cuomo, if we're not that great of a country, why is it that there are huge lines for foreigners to come into this country legally and become a citizen of this country legally? Tell me, if we are not that great, Why is it that all these people want to come to the United States of America? I'll tell you why. Because we are great, and we are the greatest nation in the world. There can be a couple, just like anything, in any country there can be a couple of uh, duds, there can be a couple of bad apples. Happens in every country. Happens in every business. Happens in every profession. But sorry, Andrew Cuomo, America, for you to say America was never that great, are you ever wrong? Nice tilt to the left. And as I said, didn't want to start the show on a political basis. I could care less who said that. Whether it was a Democrat, Republican, ultra-conservative, ultra-left-winger makes no difference. But sorry. This five-star general says America is great. And by the way, we are coming to you from a classified location. We have moved the Ford Theater of Operations, Command Center Alpha, classified location somewhere on the North American continent. Can't tell you where, but needless to say, I am in constant satellite communication with Command Center Alpha back in the Cigar City of Tampa. And as I always tell you, the five-star global alpha. And by the way, I just uh, as I was thinking about this, we've got a great core of listeners, cadre of listeners down in Australia, Lieutenant Aristotle. Big change of government uh, in there. Their, their prime minister ends up uh, kind of getting sacked by somebody within his own party. So lots going on down there, and I had the chance to listen to what is happening down uh, in Australia, way down under. All right. Now, as you know, I am one of the founding members of PETA, People Eating Tasty Animals. And I must tell you that I'm very proud of the fact that I eat quality dead animal products, whether it is steak, whether it is uh, whether the ribs, whether it is uh, chicken, whatever the dead animal product is, throw it on the grill. You absolutely cannot go wrong. Well, PETA is up to it again. First of all, this week, PETA came after Barnum's Animal Crackers. Now, I don't know about you, but I have not thought about Barnum's Animal Crackers in probably, I don't know, 30 years. It's not something that's at the top of my mind where I wake up saying, those poor animals on the box of the Barnum Animals uh, Cracker Box, they are behind cages. I assure you, never once, never once, In the last 30, maybe 40, I don't even, 50 years have I even thought about it. Have I said, geez, those poor animals, the lion and the tiger, 
and the polar bear and the buffalo or the giraffe, those poor animals are, are behind fictitious cages on the box of Barnum's Animal Crackers. Never once. Well, PETA has been after Barnum's Animal Crackers, Nabisco, for umpteen years, getting them to change to a cage-free redesign. And Barnum's Animal Crackers has changed their design. Now, I like the new design, I will tell you that. But for them to acquiesce to PETA is absurd. Screw PETA. Who cares what PETA uh, has to say? People eating tasty animals. Oh, excuse me. There are two PETAs. I'm on the better PETA. People eating tasty animals. And then you have this other wacko group, people for the ethical treatment of animals. But for Nabisco to acquiesce, to free, and they say they freed the animals from the cages on the box, it's nothing more than a box. It is ridiculous that PETA would actually go after that. Now, I understand if PETA says, look, you know, okay, in, in, uh, in certain zoos, we'd like animals to roam a little bit more. I get that. But for a box of animal crackers? They're not even real animals, PETA. Did you not get that memo? But apparently, Nabisco acquiesced. And wait, there is more. There's a billboard that was put up by PETA. In Bolomer, Maryland, where I used to reside after college for three years. Great city, love living downtown, Baltimore. But if you live in Baltimore, you pronounce it Bolomer. Great town. It is by far the steam crab capital of the world. I remember the first time when I was living down in Baltimore, some friends invited me over. I'd just been there maybe, I don't know, four to six weeks. So they're on a weekend, and... And some friends that I had met called me and said, come on over. We're doing a uh, kind of like steam crab Sunday." And I'm like, oh, okay. So I came over. Now, I'm used to eating lobster. I've never had these steamed crabs. This is when I was, uh, what, right out of college, 21, 22, something like that. And they show me, they, they take a whole pile of these crabs, and they, they, you know, they stick them in a big pot. They boil them, and they put Old Bay seasoning all over them. And then they bring them out and they dump them on this giant tray. And then they have picnic tables that are all covered with this brown paper. And they take an entire tray, about got to be about 60 of these crabs, and they dump them on the, on the table. And I'm like, what the hell? Again, I'm used to a lobster. You know, you have maybe one lobster, two lobster, two lobsters. You pull the lobster apart. You get nice succulent meat. Well, crabs are very different. A lot of work involved in steamed crabs. I had no clue what I was doing. And luckily, one of the friends said, here, let me give you your, if you're going to be a Baltimorean, you got to learn how to properly eat steamed crabs. And he showed me exactly how to do it. You take the top shell, how you take, you know, you don't want to eat what they call the mustard, which is kind of like the guts. It's this yellow stuff, not good. How to get the best meat out of the claw, how to get the jumbo lump crab meat from the back fin. Went through it. Now it took me a few months to kind of get it down, and now I absolutely have it down. So steam crabs are huge. Steam crabs to Baltimore are like chicken wings to Buffalo. It would be like, uh, I guess you could say probably tacos to California and Mexico. It would be like lobster in Maine. Like Skyline Chili in Cincinnati. Okay, Sergeant Steve, yes. Skyline Chili in Cincinnati. And by the way, I still have to eat... Uh, take you to lunch for Skyline Chili. Yes, we need to do that. Because that was still. 
That was part of our bet. If if Cincinnati won, remember the Bills had to win, beat the Miami Dolphins. If Cincinnati beat Baltimore on the road, I said I will become a Cincinnati Bengals fan behind the Bills, and I will actually take you, Sergeant Steve, who's from Cincinnati originally. I will take you to Skyline Chili in Clearwater, Florida, and I will take you for lunch. So I, we will do that upon my return. But Skyline Chili to Cincinnati. Actually, Montgomery and Ribs to Cincinnati, too. Let's that not works, too. That. Exactly. So when you talk about crabs, it's synonymous with Baltimore. I mean, everywhere you go, on every corner, steam crabs. I don't care the restaurant, steam crabs. I used to go to a place called Bud Polino's. Great place, just uh, on East Lombard Street, east of downtown Baltimore. Fabulous. Well, PETA took out a billboard. They purchased a billboard in uh, one of the prime areas near where near 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 the inner harbor where you've got Phillips Seafood, Moe's Fisherman's Wharf, McCormick and Schmick's, uh, Ocean Air Seafood, Bubba Gum Shrimp, you know, where they're all serving steamed crabs and seafood. And there is a giant billboard, and there's a crab on the right side of the billboard, and the text says, I'm me, not meat. See the individual go vegan. Well, what Pete is saying is crabs are friends, they're not food. That's what they're attempting to portray in this billboard. So they've got all these billboards near seafood restaurants in Baltimore, part of a nationwide campaign to get seafood off people's plates. And Tracy Ryman, the executive VP of PETA, said this, and I'm quoting, Just like humans, crabs feel pain and fear, have unique personalities. How does she know? Has she talked to a crab? And value their own lives. PETA's billboard aims to give Charm City residents some food for thought about sparing sensitive marine animals the agony of being boiled alive or crushed to death in fishing nets simply by going vegan. The billboard's going to stay up until mid-September when the Baltimore Seafood Festival will be held. Here's how this billboard campaign is going to work. It's not. I assure you, there will not be one Baltimorean, not one Marylander, There will be not one person who resides in Maine or loves lobster anywhere in the country that will even give one millisecond to the thought of going vegan and giving up their beloved crab or lobster because of PETA's stupid uh, billboard campaign. I'm me, not meat. See the individual go vegan. I will guarantee you that will not happen. I love steamed crabs. I love lobster. I love stone crabs. October 15th, counting down the days until stone crab season in Florida. Love shrimp. There is no way in hell I would go vegan. There is no way in hell you would go vegan because of PETA's stupid billboard campaign. And give me a break. Crabs have unique personalities. How do they know? Please. It's part of the natural food chain. If you look in the jungle, you look in the wild, the bigger animals eat the smaller animals. The smaller animals eat the insects or the smaller, the smaller lizards or, 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 or other varmin that are out there. It's the natural food chain. That's how it works. And I'm wondering, while they're telling us to go vegan, don't lettuce and tomatoes and onions and peppers and uh, uh, wheat... Don't, don't those plants have personalities? Don't those plants p- feel pain and fear? Don't those plants value their own lives? It is a load of poppycock. So good luck to PETA, because I can assure you, you are not going to change one person's mind in Baltimore or anywhere else in the country. If you love 
lobster, you love crab, you love seafood, no way in hell are you going to change. Good luck. They've just wasted, I think they put up five billboards. I don't know what it costs, but they've wasted every single nickel. Laughable. And we've got a picture that we will post at CigarDave.com and social media. All right, we'll continue right around the corner. Much more Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuver conversation around the corner. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is the Fonseca Classic. This Dominican cigar from Quesada has a Connecticut wrapper. It's a mild to medium, well-balanced smoke, full of enjoyable flavors and aromas. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. As the global alpha male and connoisseur-in-chief, I use my exceptional palate to select great cigars to present to you as a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, where every month you receive three cigars, unique cigars, differing tastes from different countries, different palate selections. But it's your opportunity to enjoy fabulous cigars each month. And for August 2018, I present to you the Fonseca Classic. The original cigar created in 1974 by Manuel Casada. It is an oldie but goodie. And over the last four years, Mother Nature, between the temperature and between fermentation, has allowed the Cigar Tobacos in the Fonseca Classic to be a little bit richer. So there's more flavor, more creaminess. An exceptional cigar, the Fonseca Classic. Become a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club. $22.95 per month, you get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Go to CigarDave.com right now and join the Officers Club today. run on tofu. Alpha males run on meat. Steak, cigars, and Cigar Dave, a trifecta of pleasure. And we also run on steam crabs, stone crabs, lobster, and any other meat product that ticks off pita. It is a beautiful thing. All right, Nicaragua undergoing a lot of unrest. President Daniel Ortega and his wife, who is the vice president of Nicaragua, 
There has been massive civil unrest the last number of months. The Pan-American Highway, which is a major transportation and shipping corridor, been blocked on and off. In fact, there have been numerous delays with cigars being shipped from Nicaragua, from many of the cigar manufacturers in Nicaragua, to the United States. Massive delays. We had some delays the last number of months because of our officers' club selections were coming from Nicaragua. We got them out towards the end of the month instead of right around the 15th to the 18th to 20th of the month where we like to get these shipments out. But what has happened in Nicaragua is a complete disaster. No ifs, ands, or buts. Latest example, Nicaragua's annual Puro Sabor Cigar Festival, which has been going on the last, uh, I think, about four years, was just canceled until further notice. The Nicaraguan Chamber of Commerce, which has held the the big uh, Puro Sabor Cigar Festival. Actually, I think it's the last seven years. It's longer than that because I'm trying to remember. I think it's 2011, so about the last seven years. says they are delaying the event for reasons beyond our control. What are those reasons? Simple, the civil unrest. And it all goes back to President Daniel Ortega, who did not win with a majority. He won with a, uh, a, the just not, I think he won with 34% of the vote, something along those lines, and and... There's a lot of uh, tension in Nicaragua, and Ortega, not popular to begin with. Well, the country's got all sorts of uh, deficits and, and, and budget holes. Long story short, he ended up increasing the Social Security tax and cutting some social sec- with their equivalent of Social Security benefits, so massive uprising. And, in fact, a number of cigar manufacturers were closed for multiple days. And a very, very difficult situation. In fact, a number of manufacturers have stopped, uh, guys from the United States have stopped going down, or when they do, they are traveling with very heavy armed security. The new dates for the festival will be announced, as they said, and I'm quoting here, in due time. When that is, who knows? But they will be having a special Puro Sabor cigar event in Miami on January 26th, 2019. So I will definitely head to that where they will have all the Nicaraguan cigar manufacturers together. And I'm sure there will be an opportunity where probably at one ticket price and you get samples of all the Nicaraguan cigars and there'll be some speakers and there will be some seminars uh, and things along those lines. Nicaragua now, according to the U.S. Department of State, is at a level three travel advisory. Level four is the highest. So they issued that in April discouraging travel to and from Nicaragua, urging U.S. citizens to vacate the country. Nicaragua was never like that. It was very safe, no issues, easy to go back and forth. Things have changed. Hopefully there will be regime change there as well. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. (laughs) That could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Day. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. 
We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone, from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. One of the selections in the July 2018 Officers Club was the Particulares from Sindicato Cigars. This is a magnificent cigar. It's a very authentic Cuban-esque type of cigar, the packaging, the dress boxes, just have that old world Cuban-esque look. And Particulares, an original Cuban brand, now being made in Nicaragua for for, uh, for a syndicato. It is a 100% Nicaraguan puro, meaning the wrapper of the cigar, the binder of the cigar, and the filler of the cigar. All these cigar tobaccos are grown in Nicaragua Work uh, or made by the famed Tabsa factory in Nicaragua, the uh, Fernandez family of Casa Fernandez. They use their own Aganorsa leaf amongst the most sought after in the world. The wrapper is a shade-grown Corojo Jalapa from Nicaragua. The binder and filler also from Nicaragua. A very rich, very spicy cigar. Almost some hickory notes on this particular cigar but a very meaty type of cigar. And it's definitely on the fuller-bodied side. I would say on a scale of 1 to 10, it's definitely in the 8 to 9 category. And the Particulares comes, uh, let's see, I think about three different sizes. And you're looking about uh, $8 to $10 on average for the cigar. And I have just pulled out one of the Particulares. In fact, I have pulled out their Belvedere's, which is 7 inches in length by 52, a beautiful double Corona. You don't see double Coronas very often. Nice large cigar, big ring gauge, nice length. Definitely get at least an hour, an hour and 20 minutes out of this cigar. The Particulares Belvedere's is what I will enjoy today. Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. You can hear in my right hand, the self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine. Actually, this was given to me by Juan Lopez of Gurkha Cigars. They've got a new line of accessory and accessories, and this cutter is magnificent. I think they've got three different styles of these double-edged guillotine cutters. Absolutely incredible. Very slick, very sharp. Great design, of course. Kaizad Hensodia of Gurkha. When it comes to packaging and product design, best in the cigar industry without question. These cutters are beautiful. I think he said these cutters are in the uh, $40, $50 category worth every cent. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. 
Well, for my travels, I've got a, uh, from the Cigar Dave Research and Development Laboratories, the guys in the uh, white lab coats with the pocket protectors gave me a very small, very thin litation device. And this is not the kind of lighter, if you're going to have uh, 10 guys smoking cigars, this is not the kind of lighter you want. But if it's one person or two people, very small, got one single jet flame, you can hear that. Very elegant, it's got a nice rubberized finish on it. And uh, this is good for at least, I would say, if you're going to light maybe three cigars, four cigars. So you definitely have to carry the butane tanks with you if you are going to use this more than, say, three or four times. But very nice way to uh, light your cigar. Very cool, very elegant design. And again, I'm just sampling it. It's been working very, very nicely on my clandestine travels throughout North America. Cigar, cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. As Bob, this thing is sharp. This Gurkha double-edged cutter, very nice. Perfect cut. I will now toast the foot of this Particulares cigar. And by the way, in addition to as I toast this, as you can hear that, in addition to the Particulares, there we go. As I slowly toast the foot of this cigar, in addition to the Particulares. We also included a Sindicato Maduro, beautiful cigar with a San Andreas Moron Maduro wrapper, and a Cubico, brand new cigar. Now, it's been in limited release to about 30, 40 different, as I fucking rotate here, 30, 40 different retailers in the country, but it is set for release this coming January to all retailers that would like to carry it. However, you are one of the first in the country to enjoy the Cubico. Very nice cube-pressed cigar. But the Particulares, very nice. Let me just toast this a little bit more. Puff and rotate here. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Major flavor. Nice maple. Hmm. A little smokiness. Hmm. On the foot of the cigar. Perfect. All right. Take a few puffs. Very nice. Hmm. A lot of flavor. Definitely very robust. Mm, I'm definitely getting some, just a touch of sweetness, <clears throat> but definitely some. Uh, I'm trying to put a put a foot on it. Almost a mm, like a little bit of a rich spice on it on the end, but very pleasant. Hmm. So my particulares is now lit. The litation. Portion of the litation and libation ceremony is complete, but we have 50% remaining. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Hmm. Thoroughly enjoying this cigar right off the bat. Now, one of the distilleries that we featured, one of the spirits we featured, and distilleries at the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in Buffalo two weeks ago, was from Honey Eye Falls Distillery. They're located in central New York, west, western, central to western New York. They're just south of Rochester and just north of the Finger Lakes. And they have uh, created some incredible spirits. We tried the Red Saw Rye Whiskey and their Red Saw Bourbon. Very spicy, a lot of rye content. But they also make three types of gin. The Flower City Gin, that old devil's bathtub gin and their devil's bathtub gin. And I have just pulled out a bottle of the devil's bathtub gin. And they say it's a mischievous twist on traditional gins 
that has a balanced sweet and savory baking spice profile. Notes of cinnamon, nutmeg, clove, complementing juniper, coriander, and angelica, among other different uh, spices and flavor ingredients. Got a warming, spicy top note, full mouthfeel, lingering, sweet finish. So before I mix it with a gin and tonic with a twist, let me just take a little bit of this Honey Eye Falls Devil's Bathtub Gin and say cheers on that. Take a little sip. Wow, the aroma is fantastic. Ooh, very pleasant, very fruity, very, just a lot of different uh, cloviness type of aroma, uh, aroma to it. Take a sip. Whoa, woo, that definitely has a full mouth feel. Sweet, but very warm finish. There are some major CDWF, Cigar Day Warm Factor, on the uh, on the finish there. Let me pour some of this in here. And now I'm going to take some tonic water. I'll put that in, fantastic, we're gonna mix that. Say cheers one more time. Put my little lime in here. Hmm. That's nice. Hmm. And actually, that goes very well with my particulares. Actually, that tonic just simmered down that Honey Eye Falls Devil's Bathtub Gin. But this bathtub gym, a gin, a gym, gin has won two awards. It won the San Francisco World Spirit Bronze Medal in 2017. And also last year, it won the American Distilling Institute Silver Medal. So this is a highly acclaimed gin from Honey Eye Falls Distillery, the Devil's Bathtub Gin, and we thank them for participating in the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in Buffalo two weeks ago. I'll tell you what, that Red Saw Rye Whiskey, man, was that thing spicy, but very, very impressive. If you like a full-flavored whiskey, a lot of rye with that real spicy content, it's 85% rye, 15% malted barley in the mash bill. Very potent, very powerful. All right, so take another puff of my particulares. Mm, very nice. Take a sip of my gin and tonic with the Honey Eye Falls Devil's Bathtub Gin. And I would say that I am certainly ready for additional pleasure maneuvers. In the second hour, we will be joined by longtime friend Lee Corso, college football game day analyst of ESPN who will give us the college football preview. We'll review some coaches in the hot seat, some new coaches. We'll look at all the conferences, some predictions. We'll have some, we always have fun with Lee Corso, who loves his cigars. In fact, every time we get him on, I don't even have to call Lee anymore to say, hey, Lee, by the way, listen, I want to get you on the show in the next couple of weeks. He calls Sergeant Steve while we were in Buffalo two weeks ago. The phone rings. It's a Saturday morning. It's about an hour before the show. Lee Corso saying, hey, General, listen, when do you want me on? Got to get those cigars. Loves the cigars that we send him. Loves coming on. He's based in Orlando, just down the street from uh, from the Cigar City, and just a great guy. We always have good times with Lee. So we will be joined by Lee Corso, top of the hour, entire hour spending on college football preview. And Sergeant Steve, we're working on a special guest for our National Football League preview next week. Are we? Do we have him lined up yet? Uh, it's not, not uh, confirmed yet, but we will get it done. We will get it done. Big name and uh, very well-renowned in scouting and in football. And uh, I've listened to him for a long time and read his, uh, gone to his website and read his scouting reports. So hopefully we will have that nailed down, which I believe we will. Since Sergeant Steve, you're pretty good buddies with, uh, with this scouting expert. I am. That's why I'm confident we'll get it done. 
Absolutely. So we look forward to having him on. We'll tell you more about that. Uh, we'll just tweet it out during the week once that is done. But Lee Corso will join us in the next hour as we talk college football. College football began two nights ago, Thursday night. I don't know if any of you watched the first games. They weren't anything, any big barn busters. But nonetheless, college football is back and beginning today, Saturday, August 26th. Until the end of the year, there will not be a Saturday without some form of college or pro football. As Lee Corso would say, life is good. You, you need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars. Info on the show each week and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. Gurkha has just launched three new cigars at the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in Buffalo. The Gurkha Chateau Privé, the Gurkha Marquesa, and Gurkha Ghost Gold. All three unique flavor profiles. The Gurkha Chateau Privé, more traditional, mild, and creamy cigar, typically found in many of the high-end Dominican cigars. Exquisite flavor, very velvety on the palate, featuring an Ecuadorian De Florida wrapper. The Gurkha Marquesa, very Cuban-esque all the way around from flavor and packaging. With an earthy Sumatra wrapper, Gurkha Marquesa is a bold, well-balanced, medium-bodied, and spicy cigar. The Gurkha Ghost Gold, a little different than the regular Gurkha Ghost, more flavor, a little bit bolder, featuring an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Instead of a sweet flavor on the Gurkha Ghost, it's a more nutty and earthy Profile. The Gurkha Chateau Privé, the Gurkha Marquesa, and Gurkha Ghost Gold. Three new cigars just launched by Gurkha. Fellow Alphas, we are cutting edge when it comes to technology. And state-of-the-art technology demands that we have the Cigar Dave Show available for you 24-7, 365. Anywhere on the planet. And that's why we keep continuing to improve the Cigar Dave mobile app for iPhone and for Android. If you do not have the Cigar Dave mobile app, you are missing out on the ability to listen to the Cigar Dave Show live on your mobile device, Saturday noon to 2 Eastern Time. We also play a continuous loop after the show, and we also have podcasts available on demand in addition to numerous other features. So do not delay. Go to the App Store, either in iOS, the Apple Store, or Android, and download the Cigar Dave mobile app. Just search Cigar Dave, and you can listen to the Cigar Dave Show 24-7, 365. Never miss an episode Download the Cigar Dave mobile app right now. I'm Robin Leach wishing you champagne wishes and caviar dreams on your private yacht, your private plane, or your private mansion anywhere around the world on TV's Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. I do a pretty good Robin Leach impression, and I have the opportunity to meet Robin Leach several times over the last, I don't know, five five years or so as he resided in Vegas, and after his TV show, he was a uh, well-known Las Vegan resident and uh, was involved in hospitality in Las Vegas. 
and actually was a cigar connoisseur. Enjoyed a, an occasional cigar. He used to come to the cigar retailers convention. In fact, I think we had him on the show very briefly. He was passing by where our stage was set up, and we brought him on very, very briefly. In fact, I also met Wayne Newton that same day. I think I got a picture of Wayne somewhere, uh, he and I. I'll, I'll break that out. But Robin Leach is actually a very pleasant guy, fun guy. Sad to report that he has passed away at the age of 76. He actually would have been 77, I believe, next Wednesday. He suffered a second stroke Monday. Um, in uh, He was in hospice care. He'd been hospitalized since November 21st after suffering uh, a stroke in Cabo San Lucas, according to a columnist. Uh, uh, and uh, his family came out and said that uh, funeral arrangements are going to be announced. But Robin Leach, I'm Robin Leach, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. I mean, that voice, that show was big in syndication for, geez, got to be at least 10 years. In fact, everybody, you remember that line? Wishing you champagne wishes and caviar dreams. I'm Robin Leach. Hard to believe that uh, Robin Leach, 76, would have been 77. So rest in peace, Robin Leach, and hopefully you will be seeing many of those people that you enjoyed on Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. And as I take my glass, I will toast to you, wishing you champagne wishes, caviar dreams, and great cigar aroma pleasure. All right, take a sip here. Robin Leach. All right, let us move on here. And by the way, in just a few moments, uh, top of the hour, we'll be joined by Lee Corso, college football game day analyst of ESPN, our annual 2018 college football preview. Cannot wait to get into it. We'll spend the entire hour. Let's face it, those of us that are alphas, we love our cigars, we love our grilling, we love our steaks, we love our spirits, we love our pleasure, we love our golf, our travel, we love our sports, and we love football. College football, pro football, 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 football. Great time of year. Now, we've told you about the straw police. Straws now are an enemy of civilization, an enemy of, of, of America, enemy of the world, an enemy of the environment, all because one young kid who did a report, some school report, that uh, had no basis in fact whatsoever, stated that there are, I don't know, 5 million straws or 200, who knows, some cockamamie crazy number, saying there are all these straws used every day, something like 300 million cigars a day, and that they're all being tossed into the oceans, which is not true. In fact, the waste that is being tossed into the oceans are coming from primarily Asia. Those are the culprits. Not in the United States, not Canada, not other parts of the world, primarily from Asia. And by the way, there are, what, 350 million people in America? You're telling me that there's 300 or 350 million cigars consumed every day? Not true. I mean, straws. What did I say, Sergeant Steve? Oh, I said cigars. Sorry about that, straws. Hey, listen, I'd like 350 million cigars to be consumed a day. That would be a beautiful thing. The aroma would be fabulous in the country. But straws. So this week, I've got to notice, I've gone to numerous restaurants. I was out to lunch. Uh, what was it, yesterday and the day before? Actually, three days in a row. And for three days in a row, I've ordered an iced tea or club soda, and I use those little uh, the stevia-flavored uh, water enhancers in those things, kind of create my own lemon-lime soda without all the, the fake uh, NutraSweet and Splendid and all that other nonsense. And the glass comes, and there's no straw. So I said, excuse me, can, can I get a straw? They're like, oh, yes, yes, yes. 
And then the second day, second restaurant, same thing, no straw. So I say, I said, listen, I want to be politically incorrect. I want a straw. I said, are you withholding straws? She said, well, actually, we've switched to paper straws, but we are still, we're only giving them out if people request them. So this is now the latest nonsense that we are seeing from the uh, enemies of pleasure, from the environmental wackos, the wackadoodles, that all of a sudden straws now are contraband. And by the way, those paper straws, within 15 minutes, the thing started to get soggy and clogged up. I'd ask for another one. And then yesterday while I'm at lunch, my iced tea comes, no straw. So I, now I'm, I'm having fun with it. I'm telling the waitress, I said, look, I like to be a terrible environmentalist. I, I want to do my part to pollute every single landfill and every single ocean in the world. Please bring me more than one straw. She's like, we only have one beverage. I go, bring me like three or four. I want to use, between sips, I'm going to change straws. I'm being a rebel now because this is absurd. And again, it all revolves around some nonsensical kids' reports stating that there are 350 or 400 million straws being consumed every day and they're all ending up in the oceans. It's nonsense. But just remember what the Nazis said. If you tell a big enough lie and tell it often enough, people will believe it. Just like we saw Al Boron, Al Gore. The earth has got a fever. By 2015, the earth is going to be all, the glaciers are going to be melted, the coasts are going to be overrun, you won't be able to walk, there's going to be three feet of water everywhere you go. Well, guess what? We're in 2018, that has not happened. And what is the latest assault on plastic? Where are the plastic police targeting next? Plastic bags. The largest supermarket chain in America, Cincinnati-based Kroger, has announced that they will ban the use of plastic bags at its grocery stores by 2025. They're going to be transitioning from single-use to reusable bags to, quote, better protect our planet, according to Kroger's CEO. And... Uh, what they want to do is they want to go to these bags where these, these reusable bags, and you see them now at supermarkets. They're a buck or two bucks. And I see, I tell you, you can pick these people out. These are like the, the, the Birkenstock-wearing hippies. They, like the women don't wear any makeup. You know, they've got underarm hair all over the place. They don't use, they don't use any a form of deodorant or antiperspirant. Their hair is just like prematurely gray. They look like they're about 140 at the age of 21. And you pick these people out, and they bring their little bags. Well, a, a study not that long ago, I read about this about a year ago, found that those reusable bags are loaded with bacteria and other you know, sorts of germs. So I don't want to use a reusable bag. So they're going to sell the bag, but if you request, they will have paper bags. Now, I've got to tell you, now we see this with straws. Now it's going to be bags. What's next? Come on. There's no way that after straws and paper bags, there's anything else for these environmental wackos to go after, right? Not so fast, my friend. Now we've got the balloon brigade. They've gone after plastic straws. We're seeing an assault on, uh, on supermarket plastic bags. Well, now there is an attack on balloons, where these environmentalist wackos now are saying all the pieces of the uh, balloon that fall back to Earth can be deadly to seabirds and turtles that eat them. 
They're saying colleges have to stop releasing these balloons for football games. And anybody having a meeting or a convention, they've got to just stop it because it's now being, they're going, they're ending up and killing wildlife. Now, if you launch all these balloons in an arena, an indoor arena, how are wildlife eating these balloons? Again, it's the environmentalist nutcase, nutcases. Their lives are so miserable, they have to come after your straws, your balloons, your paper bags. Well, I have made a vow I'm going to use more paper straw or more plastic bags, more balloons, and more straws in the upcoming year. Hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show with Lee Corso and our college football preview comes your way next. This is AMEM, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. From Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure friendly hotlines are open. 877 Dave 007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time. For the General, General Cigar, Cigar Day. Not only can I smell the aroma of my fine cigar, but I can smell college football around the corner. And in the first hour, I incorrectly stated that college football had already begun. I was incorrect. Remember, an alpha can admit when he is wrong. College football begins this coming Thursday, August 30th. Three different games, Purdue Northwestern, Texas A&M versus Northwestern State. Oh, boy, that'll be a barn burner. And UConn UCF. Actually, that one at 7 p.m. I will watch. And with college football, it is our tradition that we have a longtime friend and one of the great names in college football, Lee Corso. Not only is he a college football aficionado, he is a cigar connoisseur as well, as well as being a fellow Florida resident and great guy. So we will spend the entire hour college football preview front and center on the Cigar Dave Show. And we welcome you back without any further delay, Sergeant Steve. Let's hit that ESPN college football game day music. We want to get Lee Corso pumped up, amped, ready for our college football preview. Lee, greetings. Have we gotten you in the mood for your first broadcast next week at Notre Dame? Absolutely, Dave. I... I can't tell you how excited I am about the football season, but most of all, I'm excited about being on the Cigar Dave show, radio show. Lee, I've been thinking about this. This We've gone back. <laughs> I met you. I want to tell this story how we met. Do you remember how we met? No, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I saw you on a street corner. I saw you on a street corner, uh, you know, like looking at <laughs> hitching for a ride. And I said, hey, the guy looks a little suspicious, but I'll pick him up anyway. No, the, the truth good. was, do you remember That's when... Good. No, no, this is going back, I think, about 21 years ago. Uh, no, I tell you what, it's 21 or 22 years ago when ESPN was opening their ESPN club in Disney. And uh, I got invited. You were there. I remember meeting Brett Musburger. I mean, all the, Nancy Dellen, the fabulous sports babe, was there. All the big names from, uh, you know, from, from ESPN and ABC were there. Yeah. You were there, and, and I didn't get a chance to see you during the party. I saw you, but you were, you know, obviously very popular, everybody talking to you. It was a very crowded party. <laughs> I'm leaving. 
I'm walking back to my car and I see this guy in his boxers and a t-shirt on the second or third floor balcony smoking a cigar. And I look up, it's Lee Corso. So I yelled up to you and I said, Lee, you remember that? (laughs) Yeah, I do now. Holy mecca, that was funny. I do yeah, remember and, that. You, yeah. you caught me I, smoking my cigar at Disney. <laughs> I did. And and, and you're and I look up and I said, Lee, I do a show and I've got to get you on. And you're like, no problem. You yelled your number to me. I literally wrote it down and I called you. And, and I think you've been coming on the show now like 19 years. So it's been a long oh. time. It's hard to believe. And you keep getting better with age, Lee, because I'll tell you, you are without question the star of ESPN College Football Game Day between the personality, between the, the, the young kids. I mean, the, the, these 18, 19, 20-year-olds. I mean, you've got groupies, Lee. It's incredible. Thank you, David. I tell you what, I enjoy this show more, more than any show I do is being on with the Cigar Dave show because I, I get a chance to talk football, and it's right now starting soon. That's, that's exciting to me. Exactly. Now, Lee, let's talk about your yearly uh, regimen because you go, you have a, a, a protocol that you go through where you basically kind of hold yourself up and really spend yeah. a lot of time uh, analyzing not just the games you're going to do, but you analyze almost yeah. every team and every player in the country. Yeah, I do. I go away on a retreat for, for about three days like a monk. I don't talk to anybody. I don't see anybody. No phones or nothing. I just take my football material and read it over and over again. And I've, I've already done that three, uh, two weeks ago, and it's, it's really a great thing because I can concentrate on football without the outside world, world bothering me. So, Lee, as we look at college football, before we get into looking at the bowls and looking at the teams and the coaches, i got to talk about two big stories going on right now. The first one, without any question, is Urban Meyer at Ohio State suspended for three, three games. And then also there's a Maryland football scandal because their head coach, DJ Durkin now, uh, also suspended because there's some issues on how they've treated their players. What is going on in those two programs, Lee? Well, basically, it's not uh, very good because I, it seems like that both coaches, I'm not for sure, but both coaches prostituted their integrity to get a job, keep their jobs. And that, once you do that, let me tell you something. Once you prostitute your integrity, you, you can't do that, not to get a job or to keep a job. And it seems like that it has happened in both cases that both coaches have been, uh, did something wrong. Now, Urban Meyer has got a three-game suspension. That's a slap on the wrist. You're a right. slap on the wrist. I don't, know, I don't know all the details, but I tell you one thing. That, that will linger on forever for him. He'll always remember him as a guy that was, he would put on his probation. Because I tell you what, his enemies will never forget that and bring it up all the time. Well, and I'll tell you, a lot of alum at University of Florida that loved him when he was winning, when he left, he kind of really wore out his welcome at Florida. Well, he, he, uh, they, they didn't like the fact that he uh, said that he had, had these um, uh, tremendous health problems, and that's why he had to leave. And then one right. year later, he goes to Ohio State. And, they, and while he was there, I read an article, I, can't, I think I, 31 players while he was there was arrested while it was in Florida. That, that's not good. Not no, very that, that's good unacceptable. 
And 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 no. uh, look, there's there, you know I, I get there's pressure to win at the collegiate level, but ultimately the job is you want to graduate players, you want to run a clean program, and you can't treat players today like players were treated back. Even you know when you played way back, I mean you know you look at. Uh, uh, Bear Bryant and the way that they had that one summer uh, camp where they made a movie about it that was really a torturous camp. You can't do that these days where you can't withhold water and, and, and other, uh, you know, when it's, when it's hot outside. And you can't talk to players the way they did 40, 50 years ago. The game has changed that way. First of all, it's, it's changed for the better. It's right. got to be like that. I tell you what, it's done in social media. Now a coach can't do anything he doesn't want to be known all over the place. Social media is the number one thing in college football. It's changed for the good, I say. For the good, and if if it's used right, it's good for the keep coaches straight. I tell you one thing: you can't treat players like they used to treat them because of the fact the social media is there. Right, absolutely. And in fact, if I'm not mistaken, didn't DJ Durkin wasn't he a coach under Urban Meyer at Florida? He, he could have been. But uh, yeah, he, I think yep, he, he was, was an assistant. Yep, he was an assistant. Just checked it. Yep. Well, that that doesn't mean anything because your assistants are their own people going on. But I, I, it doesn't look good. Just basically. All right. Well, college football kicks off next Thursday. Lee Corso of ESPN College Football Game Day is our guest for our college football preview on the Cigar Dave Show. And it all, really, it starts next week and it culminates on January 7th, Lee, with the College Football National Championship, 8 p.m. on ESPN at Levi's Stadium out in Santa Clara, California. But before January 7th, there's a lot of football to play. And before we start looking at the college football rankings... Let's take a look at some of the new hires because there is a, kind of a coaching carousel as there is every single year. I'll tell you what, to me, I think the best hire by far was Nebraska, Scott Frost. Very good. He's a good young man. He's a good football coach. He won a UCF last year. Now, the difference between him and some of the other coaches, Nebraska has high standards. Now, Nebraska's high standards were set with Tom Osborne and Bob Devaney and they were set in the Big 12. That's a lot different than him being in the Big 10. Nebraska will be good under Scott Frost, and he's a hell of a coach, but they will never be as good as they have been with Devaney and, and Osborne because of the fact they're now in the Big 10, and it's a lot tougher playing those teams. Well, you look at what he did at University of Central Florida, and Lee, you live in Orlando, so it's right in your backyard. How he took that program, and I think, uh, what was it, two years uh, to, to national yeah. prominence is really incredible. And, you know, just when I, I became familiar with him, obviously, last year when they were undefeated and listening to him talk and just l- watching him during, during games and, and dealing with the media – He's really, I think, a great fit for Nebraska, not only because he's an alum, but, you know, I think he's the kind of coach that players want. He can easily recruit. Players want to play for him. He's a straight shooter kind of guy, not a flashy guy, but I think he's a great fit for what Nebraska needs. He's a perfect clone of Tom Osborne, the coach he played for. And I tell you what, I think Scott Frost was one of the best hires, but I want to make sure you go understand this. Nebraska will, I don't think, will ever be as dominant as he were when they were in the Big 12. That Big 10 is different players, right. different coaches, 
different teams than the Big 12. All right, we go out to the Pac-10. UCLA hires Chip Kelly. I think Chip uh, Kelly is more of a college football coach than he is a pro coach. I can't wait to watch their games. What he did at Oregon was unbelievable. He changed not only the culture, he changed the way college football is being played. Chip Kelly it will be successful at UCLA. The, the thing he's got to do, again, it's the same thing. He plays very good football teams in the Pac-12. And the, uh, the fact that he's going to be a very, very, very good coach, UCLA gets good players. It's a perfect, beautiful campus, great academic institution. But I think he, he will be very, very successful at UCLA. Now, your alma mater, Lee, Florida State, the Florida State Seminoles. I did not like the way Jimbo Fisher left. I thought uh, it was classless. And I think the alum, and I know numerous big shot alums that said, you know what, we gave Jimbo Fisher everything he wanted. We got a little fed up with him. It was never enough. He wanted to go. And they bring in Willie Taggart, who came from Oregon one year before that. He was at the University of South Florida. Had a tough time, number tough number of years at USF, but he turned that program around. I like Willie Taggart. Oh, he's a terrific hire. I think he was one of the best hires in college football. And I he did very, very smart thing. Willie Taggart turned to Bobby in, Bobby Bowden to get right. his influence back in the program. He's now incorporated some of Bobby Bowden's former staff and philosophies and traditions at Florida State. That was a brilliant move, and I think the most important move he made while getting that job. I agree. Bobby Bowden is a legend. He's a great guy. I mean, what you see on television oh, is the same you oh. see in person. He really is just a down-to-earth, you know, just a country kind of guy. And how they, yeah. how Jimbo Fisher, you know, it's almost as if Jimbo Fisher, I understand that, you know, you want to assert yourself over the program and you're, you know, Bobby Bowden was a legend. But the way he kind of just kind of excommunicated Bobby, I thought, was, was in very poor taste. And bringing Bobby back, being part of this festivities, part of the program, I think Willie Taggart, home run right out of the gate. So that'll be interesting. All right, let's take a look. Oh, go ahead. Home run. Definitely home run. Home run. That, the single most significant thing he did was to get Bobby Bowden back in the program. Now let's go from Tallahassee in the northwestern part of Florida down to kind of the west-central part of Florida, University of Florida, the Gators. They go uh, over to Mississippi State, and they hire Dan Mullen as their new head coach. A terrific head coach. A great hire. Now, remember one thing. He took Mississippi State to about seven or eight straight bowl games, and that is tough at Mississippi State. He was a terrific coach there and built a program, especially to quarterback position. I think he is going to be one of the best football coaches that are in the country. And remember, he was Urban Meyer's number one receiver, coach. So when you criticize Urban Meyer about uh, producing uh, another coach, you got to give him credit because Dan Mellon is just like Urban Meyer. Well, and, and Dan uh, Mullen, uh, under his tutelage, there are a couple of good quarterbacks that he produced, Dak Prescott, yeah. Alex Smith. So clearly he's a coach that knows how to work with quarterbacks. Lee Corso, our guest for our college football preview, the uh, 
host of uh, co-host of ESPN's College Football Game Day, joins us. Let's take a look at Tennessee. Boy, they have had a once great program has just been in dis- a state of total disarray the last I don't know eight ten years. They bring in Jeremy Pruitt. First, they go after Greg Schiano. That turned into a disaster, but they settle on uh, on Jeremy Pruitt, who comes from Alabama, who is Nick Saban's ace recruiter. How do you think he's going to do? First head coaching gig. Well, I don't know how good he's going to do, but the reason they think he'll come was Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart was a defensive coordinator at Alabama, and he took him to Georgia, and he built a program overnight. So they went through it, the same position, and, and now he's at Tennessee. I don't think he'll have the success at Tennessee that uh, Jeremy uh, did. Kirby Smart has had. He, uh, Kirby Smart is one of, one of the best for young coaches in the country, and he's got it rolling now at Georgia. He sure does. And uh, we look at Texas A&M in the SEC. They bring in Jimbo <laughs> Fisher. How do you think he, I, they're giving him everything? Boy, all the money in the world. They're giving him all the facilities, alum that are loaded to the gills. He's really got pressure to deliver a national championship, or otherwise he'll be a bust. Well, remember, the, uh, Fisher was complaining about Clemson. Clemson was doing this, and Clemson, he, he don't know what he's got into, boy. He did. And his division, there's, there's a ton of good football. Alabama, LSU, Georgia. SEC is a heck of a lot different than the ACC. If he thinks it was tough competing against Clemson, wait till he starts against these other guys. Now, I tell you what, he's... He is going to have a tough time. He'll build a program, and he'll get good. But now there's also been a controversy already about him. So you know, anytime you're getting that much money and you go expecting to win, there's a public eye on you. Then you better keep straight. If not, it's going to get out. Now, the strangest college football hire that I think took place during the offseason was at Arizona State. Hiring Herm Edwards. Now, I think Herm Edwards is a great guy, and uh, but I'm not. He hasn't coached in the college level. hasn't coached in ten years. hasn't been on the college level since 1989. The athletic director, I think, is his former agent. I just you look at Lovey Smith. What a disaster that's been at Illinois. I don't see Herm Edwards turning that program around. I don't either. I think Herm is when a motivator talks real good and may recruit with. But that league he's in, he's a tough. The tough league, and I tell you one thing: in the state of Arizona, he's going to be really tough to c- compete against Arizona. Where Sumlin's there, the coach at was at A&M, they took him to, to Arizona now, and he's a very, very good coach. I agree with you. I don't think he'll be as quite as successful as he hopes. <laughs> now, Ali, let's take a look at some of the coaches that are. We've talked about the the new. Uh, hires. How about some coaches that are on the hot seat? I got to believe Urban Meyer has got to be on that hot seat. There's a, a website, coacheshotseat.com, uh, and he's listed number one right now. But I got to believe that with what's gone on, he's got no room for error. I think uh, he's got to behave himself. There's no question about that. And their social media will constantly get on him. Remember one thing about coaches they're, they're really, everybody respects them a lot. And they're really with them. When they make a mistake, they never let them forget it. Example, Woody Hayes and Joe Paterno. Two of the best coaches that ever coached this game will always be remembered for things negative about them. 
That's right. the now, problem that Urban Meyer's got. The, the, his his critics, the people that don't like him, will always be under looking and watching him. Now, two coaches that well, one coach definitely you can see in the hot seat. The other one is getting a little lukewarm. Pretty big name, Jim Harbaugh over at Michigan. Everybody thought at Michigan he was going to come in and turn that program around in, in a year, and it's really been a disappointment so far for for uh, Wolverine fans. So he's on the hot seat, and I think Ed Orgeron, he's been on the hot seat. I like Ed Orgeron. I think he's a, he's a good coach. He's a great recruiter. I think you got to give him a little, little pass there. But, you know, some of these big programs, they just have no patience whatsoever. These guys come in, have to turn the program around, and if you don't do it within like an hour, they want you out already. Jim Harbaugh is a real good football coach, but he, he rubbed a lot of people wrong. The reason he did, he did things a little different. And by when you do things different, it's really great if you win. But if you lose, they, they start to ridicule you. I think Michigan will be a big surprise this, this, this year because Shane Patterson, the quarterback they got from Mississippi, will be a good quarterback and a great quarterback eventually. So I think Harbaugh, Harbaugh will make it. And I don't know about Ed Orgeron. He, he's, got, he's got the LSU people want more and more and more. Again, the LSU people are, are really difficult. to. They got rid of less miles. He beat everybody except Alabama, and nobody beat Alabama. So right. uh, I don't know. It's a lot to do with the alumni and the head of, head of the institutions. All right, Lee, we've got about a minute and a half in this uh, segment. Let's take a look at the preseason. I mean, wait, wait. I want to, I mean you, yeah. you forgot one guy I want to bring up. Joe that- Moorhead of Mississippi State. Joe Moorhead. Okay. He, he's the new coach of Mississippi State. I think he was the best hire of all the guys we mentioned. The reason really? why he's a, yeah, oh, he's a tremendous football coach at Penn State. And he was the National Offensive Coach of the Year assistant two years in a row. And he got that offense going. And he was a great coach at Fordham, at the University of Fordham. And that, sure. that fact that Joe Moorhead, do you watch him? Mississippi State's not only got a good team, they got himself a good coach. We didn't mention him, and I want to mention him because everybody should remember, Mississippi, Mississippi State this year will be a spoiler in the SEC West. Lee, this is why we bring you on, because you are the college football (laughs) analyst guru. Whatever I don't hit, you do, and that's why we love having you on, because you keep us straight. Lee Corso is our guest as we conduct our annual Cigar Dave College Football Preview. Lee Corso, extraordinary college football game day analyst on ESPN, and uh, every week he dons one of the the big mascot hats, probably the, the most watched part of college football game day. When we come back... We will take a look at the college football rankings. We'll get into the various conferences, and then we'll scout out some of the great games to be uh, to put on your calendar for the 2018 season. I am the general. College football is around the corner. The August selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is the Fonseca Classic. This mild to medium cigar uses a Connecticut shade wrapper, Dominican long fillers, and a Mexican binder for a smooth smoke from this classic cigar. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com.
Gurkha has just launched three new cigars at the Cigar Day Valfo Pleasure Fest on the water in Buffalo. The Gurkha Chateau Privé, the Gurkha Marquesa, and Gurkha Ghost Gold. All three unique flavor profiles. The Gurkha Chateau Privé, more traditional, mild, and creamy cigar, typically found in many of the high-end Dominican cigars. Exquisite flavor, very velvety on the palate, featuring an Ecuadorian Florida wrapper. The Gurkha Marquesa, very Cubanesque all the way around from flavor and packaging. With an earthy Sumatra wrapper, Gurkha Marquesa is a bold, well-balanced, medium-bodied, and spicy cigar. The Gurkha Ghost Gold, a little different than the regular Gurkha Ghost, more flavor, a little bit bolder, featuring an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Instead of a sweet flavor on the Gurkha Ghost, it's a more nutty and earthy profile. The Gurkha Chateau Privé, the Gurkha Marquesa, and Gurkha Ghost Gold, three new cigars just launched by Gurkha. That fight song sounds very familiar. Especially being a Syracuse University grad that is down the field, the Syracuse official fight song written originally in 1914. It has stood the test of time. Lee Corso, college football game day analyst of ESPN, joins us for a college football preview. Lee, let's just get right to the chase. The Syracuse Orangemen got to win the national championship January 7th at Levi's Stadium. Let's just end it right here. Not this year. Maybe next year. <laughs> we say that every after. year, Lee. <laughs> yeah, that's why I say it. That's why I say it. <laughs> we said every year, next year. Wait till next, next year. year. We'll kill them next year. Next year. I'll, I'll tell you oh. what, though. Uh, we've definitely lost. You know, uh, uh, Dick McPherson passed away last year. He was a legend. And I remember when I was a, a student there, I, he'd go and eat it at the Varsity Restaurant, a pizza place. He'd intermingle with the students. He turned that program around. But, Lee, it took him about four or five years to really turn that program around. And he got Syracuse really into a prominent national power. They were top ten under him, uh, geez, for a number of years. It all began with a big upset over Nebraska. But he was a great yeah. guy. I know you knew him. He was just just a yeah. class act all the way. McPherson was not only a great football coach, but as good a coach he was, he's a better person. He was one of the nicest guys I've ever competed. I I coached against him, uh, him twice, and he, he beat my brains out when I played in, at Syracuse. And uh, he he was not only a great person, but a wonderful human being. He's missed. Yeah, he really is, and and just I always said he should have never gone to the New England Patriots because he was revered in Syracuse. He ended up moving back to Syracuse after uh, he he left the Patriots and uh, did a lot of college football analysis on the radio. But just a great guy all around, and that's what college football uh, really misses those kind of coaches. Now, Lee, let's. Yes. And by the way, Dino Babers, I really like. I think he's going to do a good job at Syracuse. Going to take him time because that program was in the depths. Of, uh, of disaster territory, but I really think he's a good coach and give him time, and I like what he's going to do. Absolutely. All right, let's take a look, Lee, at the top 25 rankings. Gee, uh, it's a real shocker. Number one is uh, Alabama, and number two is Clemson. Number three is Georgia. Shocking. 
Well, you got to remember in college football, success breeds success. It's not like the National Football League, which is designed for parity. In the National Football League, the worst teams get all the best players the next year. And right. if you're bad again the next year, you get very good players. But in, in college football, the teams that win are going to get the best players. And they, if they win again, they're going to get the best players. Success breeds success in college football. It's different than the NFL parity. And I tell you what, if people say to me, that's not good. Well, let's, let's go. Let's get some good teams in there besides it. Well, and you look at like a team like Clemson. Clemson was not a top 10 power. Uh, you know, if you go back 20, 25 years ago, I mean, they weren't one of the elite college football programs, but over the last maybe, you know, seven, eight years, uh, they've really uh, yeah. started to develop an incredible program. And now they've, once they start developing, all the money starts coming in and they built incredible facilities. And, you know, they've got a very solid head coach. Remember, the ACC was Florida State. Florida right. State for years, years. And then... Now Clemson's moved in, and Florida State's taking a back seat. But that, I tell you what, the ACC is a good conference, but it's not one of the best conferences in the country. No, I, I definitely would agree with you, but there's some great games. And I, I will say this yeah. um, about uh, Debo Sweeney. When they played Syracuse last year, and Syracuse upset them, beat them handily. It wasn't Either. even close. Uh, i, I got to give credit to Debo Sweeney because he went into the Syracuse – locker room afterwards he, he asked to go in and he shook the players hands and just said you know you guys beat us fair and square and and I thought that was a real classy move and in fact the one receiver that really gave him fits all day he went right up to them and shook their hands and really uh I, I just thought it was class all the way well you know that's the kind of guy he is now Syracuse beat him 27-24 last year in a great game at Syracuse this year they go to Clemson. Watch out. Oh, Payback. there's no question about it. It's a different story. No, no question. No, no, no doubt about it. All right, so we've got we've got Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Wisconsin, number four, uh, which I think is kind of interesting. But they people don't realize they've developed a great program over there. They've had some nice consistency. Then you've got Ohio State at five. University of Washington is now number six. Their head coach originally came from Boise State. I like him. Done a nice job with that program. Oh, he's terrific. Washington's got one of the best teams in the country that nobody's heard about because everything is, remember, the Pac-10, Pac-12, over in the West Coast, the games are never seen in the East Coast. So people never see how good these teams are. But Washington's got a good defense, a great quarterback and running back, and a very good coach. But I tell you what, I think they're the class of the of the West Coast this year. Lee, not so fast, my friend. I stay up to watch yep. all those Pac-10 games. I stay up to the wee hours of the morning during college football season because I don't want to well, miss you, anything. So I'm on top of it. You know what? You know what I mean? You're one of the five people that do. <laughs> All right, as we take a look, number seven, Oklahoma now. Uh, Baker Mayfield goes uh, number one in the pros to the Cleveland Browns, So, but they're still ranked uh, fairly high, and they played in the national – I think they played in the national championship game, didn't they, last year? Yeah, it was Oklahoma and, uh, and Alabama. Yeah, but let me tell you something. They're not in the national championship game. They played in the Rose Bowl. Oh, that's right, in the Rose Georgia. Bowl. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they got beat by Georgia right. in the overtime. 
And then, but uh, I tell you one thing, I don't think they're the class of the Big Twelve this year. I think I think the surprise team in the country is going to be Texas. I, I like Texas. They lost the last. They lost the Oklahoma two years in a row, but by a, only a total of ten points. They're very, very close. They got good young players, and Tom Herman's a terrific coach. And by the way, Tom Herman coached under Urban Meyer. Uh, and he, they're ranked mentioned. number twenty-three, it, but clearly, from what you say, they'll move up. Uh, we look out, round up. Let's see. I don't care. Uh, I don't care where they're ranking the rankings. Oh yeah, exactly. It makes no difference now. Texas no, no, absolutely. Is good football. And it's early. You know, you look at these rankings, you don't know anything until the game is the play, you know, the games start getting played because things can change. And and we take a look, let's just round it off here. You've got uh, Oklahoma 7, Miami 8, Auburn 9, Penn State 10, Michigan State 11, Notre Dame 12, Stanford 13, Michigan 14, USC 15, uh, TCU 16, 17 is West Virginia, 18 Mississippi State, even with a new head coach, 19 is Florida State, 20 is Virginia Tech, 21 is UCF. That's interesting. 22, Boise State. 23, Texas. 24, Oregon. And 25, LSU. But as we all know, Lee, you got to play the games because things can change once you get on that field. And after listening to all those teams, we're gonna, there's going to be a test now by everybody. Tell me what you said. Uh, yeah, People, exactly. I promise. They, 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 it's so confusing. They, it goes, they don't remember when you say, who is it, 21, 23? No. Let me tell you something. Football is a game that is played on the field, and it's going to be won by emotion. That's why there's going to be a lot of upsets. And those, that 20, the 21st teams you name are not going to be the same. It well, that's what makes college football great, because on any, any particular yes, week, yes. you can't have an upset. Yes, very much so. And usually, Lee, they come in waves. I mean, I remember uh, the week that Syracuse beat Clemson. There were like two other huge upsets that yeah, weekend, and that's what makes it great because everything changes, and you never know. And uh, but ultimately, Alabama came out again. But by the way, Alabama lost their offensive coordinator Brian Dable to my favorite National Football League team, the Buffalo Bills. He's now the offensive coordinator with the Bills. So, be interesting to see how they uh, adjust losing uh, Dable, who called a great game in the national championship. He he called a great game, but it was Saban's master stroke. They changed quarterbacks at halftime that won the game. He took his number one quarterback and benched him and brought the kid from Hawaii in, and they won the game. That was one of the most memorable changes I've seen. It took nerve, and Saban was one of the few guys that could do it. But I tell you what, that change might have been, I'll tell you what, I'm saying this now, it might have put Saban as the greatest coach that's ever coached college football. He's won more games now. And he's a great but coach, one. and, and uh, he, what's amazing is he did it at LSU, he did it at Michigan State, he's done it at Alabama, and to keep rebuilding like that and keep stocking up. and lo- Remember, he develops these great assistant coaches, just like he was a great assistant coach, and sure. he keeps losing them, yeah. and he keeps rebuilding. They don't miss a beat. Yeah, he sure he, he's missing six of them, six new coaches that are Alabama this year. That's a, anybody else. And, and, and Bobby Bounds said this. Bobby Bounds started losing at Florida State when he lost his top assistants. Now that's that right. something, Alabama keeps winning with them and without them. All right. When we come back, 
for our final including segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show. We will look at our conference previews, and then we'll pick uh, some key games to uh, watch and mark on your calendars for the 2018 college football season. It is our college football preview on the Cigar Dave Show with our great friend Lee Corso, college football game day analyst on ESPN. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. As the global alpha male and connoisseur-in-chief, I use my exceptional palate to select great cigars to present to you as a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, where every month you receive three cigars, unique cigars, differing tastes from different countries, different palate selections. But it's your opportunity to enjoy fabulous cigars each month. And for August 2018, I present to you the Fonseca Classic. The original cigar created in 1974 by Manuel Casada. It is an oldie but goodie. And over the last four years, Mother Nature, between the temperature and between fermentation, has allowed the Cigar Tobacos in the Fonseca Classic to be a little bit richer. So there's more flavor, more creaminess. An exceptional cigar, the Fonseca Classic. Become a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club. $22.95 per month. You get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Go to CigarDave.com right now and join the Officers Club today. If you're like millions of cigar buffs, you've enjoyed a love affair with Romeo y Julieta. Your passion has made it the world's best-known brand, trusted to deliver an excellent mild smoke. But now you're ready for something new and avant-garde, something bolder with more panache. Now there's Romeo by Romeo y Julieta, a modern, fuller-bodied smoke created to lead an exciting new trend in luxury cigars. Romeo is our finest Romeo y Julieta, an awesome manly smoke, robust and rich in complex flavor sensations. Each leaf is carefully selected, delicately aged, and meticulously crafted by expert hands full of wisdom and tenderness. Hands with decades of experience, culminating in an unforgettable smoke. Your first Romeo will blow you away. The passion you've always felt will soar to new heights. You'll discover the passion that burns within. Visit The Cigar Life on Facebook and Twitter. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. College football preview continues with ESPN's Lee Corso. And the theme song you are hearing is the USC Trojan Fight Song. And the reason we're playing it, Lee, will you just refresh our memory who you picked last year to win the national championship? I forgot. <laughs> Let me remind you, the University of Southern oh. California. I, th- I think you thought John McKay was still coaching the team. <laughs> yeah, I did. It's my fault. I forgot. Lapse All right, of memory. So- 
So, uh, and I always say you can never go wrong. Just pick Alabama every year. You probably got about a ninety yeah. percent chance of winning it, right? But let's take a look at yeah. some of the uh, the conferences here, real quickly. Here, first, let's okay. start off with the SEC, arguably the best conference in the uh, country. And when you look at the different rankings, first of all, the SEC rankings in the East, you probably uh, you got Georgia, which won it last year. They got to be the odds-on favorite to win it again this year. Yeah, I think Georgia against Alabama in the SEC title game. And this year I'm picking Georgia to win the game. I think they're going to intercept the pass in the in the overtime and upset Alabama. So Georgia in the SEC. All right. Auburn have any chance? Are they going to be decent this year? Forget it. Forget it. If you say forget it, then I say <laughs> that I, I'm going with you. Let's go to the ACC. Lee, let's just stop right here. The Syracuse Orangemen are going to win the uh, the Atlantic Conference. Let's just forget, forget forget Clemson. They're weak. They're weak. Yep. Syracuse next year. <laughs> All right. So you got to look at Clemson, and then I think right behind That's them it. probably Florida State. But Clemson, without question, I mean, in the Atlantic Conference of the ACC, they're still the uh, the team to beat. Now in the Coastal, could be interesting. I say uh, you got Virginia Tech and Miami. I think Miami wins it there. I think Clemson plays Miami in the ACC, and it's the Clemson defense is too tough, and they'll win that game. All right, let's go over to the Big Ten. All right, in the East, you've got Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. Boy, that could really be that could be a slugfest. That is the best division of all football, right there. They were really good. Well, I'm picking. Penn State to win that, and I'm picking the other side, Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin will play Penn State in the Big Ten Championship, and Wisconsin will win. Wisconsin is a is an SEC team in disguise as a Big Ten team. Big, strong, fast, mean, Wisconsin. Interesting. Let's go to the Big 12. Uh, what do you think about the Big 12? I mean, I think uh, you probably got to be looking there. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Yeah, you named three teams. I'm thinking Texas. <laughs> That's right. That's your sleeper, Texas. Texas. Okay. All right, I'm Texas. I'm Texas to play Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship, and Texas wins it. They lost two two times to Oklahoma by a total of 10 points, and they're ready this year. Texas, Texas wins it. All right, let's go to the Pac-12. In the Pac-12 North Conference, I'm going with Washington, uh, Washington Huskies, but Stanford right behind them. Yeah, that's terrific pick. And the other side of the league, I'm going with Southern Cal because they, uh, they're a good football team, but they got a question at quarterback. Um, Washington will win, I think, Washington and Southern Cal, and Washington is the winner. Well, I can tell you one team with no chance, Arizona State, so I'm not picking them. Let's go to the, <laughs> yeah. let's go to the uh, American Athletic Conference, the AAC. In the east, you got UCF and USF, Orlando and Tampa, I tell you what, that's going to be. Uh, I think USF uh, could be the team there. I live in Orlando. I'm picking Central Florida. You live in, in Tampa. You pick South Florida. That's all that right. Makes sense. We, that makes sense. If we look at the West, you got Memphis and Houston and SMU. So that that could be a slugfest. Now let's move over to Conference USA in the East. I'll tell you what, Florida Atlantic. Lane Kiffin, the guy has done a marvelous job, no doubt about it. He is terrific, and they, I, I agree. I think they're going to win. In fact, I'm, I'm predicting that the Florida Atlantic will 
give Oklahoma all they can handle in the first game. They're a good football team. Will he ever get a big, uh, big-time big college football uh, gig again, do you think? An athletic director that wants a winner will take him. He, he's he got some problems in his fact that he, he's a little different, but he's a winner, and I, I don't know if he will or not. He's kind of a problem, Child Lee. We talked about that last year. Let's move over to the Mac. I'll tell you, the Mac plays some pretty good football if you watch it. And in the East, i got to go with the Buffalo Bulls. They, they've, under their coach, uh, they've really started to turn things around. Yeah, they've they got a good football. That's a good pick. I'm telling you, the Mid-American is a tough conference and makes great players. And I, I tell you, I like Ohio University with Frank Solich as a coach. Yep, and then if you take a look, uh, right, Ohio uh, also could be in contention. In the West, you've got Toledo and Northern Illinois. I'll take uh, Toledo on that one. I'll take Northern Illinois because they gave me a chance and I coached there. You did? I didn't know that. Before Louisville. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. After, before the Orlando Renegades. Oh, before the Renegades. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And then as we look at the Mountain West, you've got Boise State, Wyoming in there, and – you know, yeah. Boise State Boise just State. reloads every year. Right. Yep, and, and then San Diego and State. And is Boise State. Boise State. All right. All right. And then when we look at the Sun Belt, uh, you know, we're not even going to spend time on that because that's kind of a minor conference. No. But what yeah. I do want to do, Lee, no, 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 I want to look at some key games. I mean, it starts off this year, week number wait, wait one, minute, next wait week. Minute. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want to predict the championship game. Well, wait, wait, we're going to get to that in this. Okay, you want to predict? Okay, championship game. Yeah, we're do right. Right now. I, 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 let's do it right I now. Clemson, Clemson will play Washington in one game, and Clemson will beat them. It'll be a good game defense. I think Georgia plays Wisconsin in the other semifinal game, and that will be a slugfest. It's like two SEC teams, and I think Wisconsin's offensive line will win that ball game, and then Clemson against Wisconsin for the national championship. Now, everybody's going to say Clemson, Clemson in their defense. But I'll tell you what, Wisconsin is an SEC team in disguise. They've got the best offensive line in the country. They've got a big running back. They can play great defense. I'm picking Wisconsin to win the national championship this year. Okay, you're going on a limb. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go with the uh, perennial favorite. Uh, i got to go with Alabama, although I'd like to see Wisconsin win it. I think that would be a nice, nice, nice change. All right, let's look at some key games here real quickly here. we got about two and a half minutes to go, Lee. First up, your Michigan at Notre Dame. College football game day will be there. That's going to be a good one to start off. It, it would be a great defensive game. Sean Patterson from the Michigan quarterback could be the difference. But I like Notre Dame because I'm Catholic. No question. Oh. That's the only reason I'm picking them, but that's a good enough reason. All right, week two. This is going to be a good one. Clemson at Texas A&M. Clemson. Clemson is – I don't care where they play. They've got a good defense, a front line, and they, they'll beat Texas A&M. All right, week five, Ohio State, Penn State. Penn State, Trace McSorley, remember that name, Penn State quarterback, Trace McSorley, I think it predict will win the Heisman Trophy. He had 75 touchdowns, and he's accounted for 75 touchdowns the last two years. He's 22-4 and four as a winner. I think they'll beat Ohio State at, at uh, Penn State College. All right, and uh, just a week five, I'm going to just go some quickies here. Ohio State, Penn State, we which talked about. Week six, Texas, Oklahoma. You got Georgia, LSU, Texas. week seven. 
Michigan State in week eight, Michigan at Michigan State, Clemson, Florida State week nine. I mean, we got some great, just phenomenal matchups going on here, Lee. It's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be an exciting football season, no doubt about it. It always is, it always is, and there's going to be some major upsets because college football is great because of those upsets. All right, as you know, Lee, we always like to look at some college uh, football and uh, some names you not be familiar with. But real quickly, I've got to get your prediction. How do you think the UC Santa Cruz banana slugs are going to do this year? I don't. Next year's the year. Next year is the year for the banana slugs. All right. Hey, Lee, again, it's always again, great. They're going to play Wait, they're going to play Syracuse for the national championship. <laughs> Beautiful. You can't go wrong. Lee Corso of ESPN, always fantastic to have you on. Cigar Dave, the general saying, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. College football is around the corner. Life is good.